just having people around me to give me advice was probably the most important thing for me. Um, whether it was advice on picking the right items or having the right arguments with certain suppliers or have, needing to have these conversations, it's like it, it really helps to have people in your court providing you with some info and support. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Welcome back to She Renovates. And today we have guests in Louise and Nick Lucas. Now, I know that I'm really keen to see young adults getting into the property market and any creative way of having that happen is great and we want to showcase that. Now, Louise is a wonder woman and she's also a wonder broker and she specialises in first home buyers but also she does a lot of deals with our wonder women. And she has, I think the word is levered Nick into the market with a foot firmly in the middle of his back, but and he has actually taken that and run with it and done an amazing job. He bought his first property, he has renovated that, and it's now revalued and rented at a great price. And I think this is a really good news story, and I think that it's important that both young adults and their parents realise that if they can work together, they can do amazing things. So... Welcome, Louise and Nick. Before we start, I'd just like each of you to to give a bit of background to yourselves and, yeah, and then we'll move on from there. Thanks, Bernadette. I'm delighted to be here, as always, with you. And and to thank you, too, for being part of Nick's Renault because you came in very early after he'd bought the little property in Ashfield and gave us some advice on the ground floor, reviewing the floor plan. So that was really vital. Thank you and you and Stephen for visiting and giving us your encouragement. But uh, Nick, I have been a mortgage broker for over 15 years and I have a team in Melbourne, but we do loans for people across the country and we help a lot of the Wonder Women who are awesome customers. We love them because they're so dedicated and keen for what they're doing. And so Nick actually found this property himself. He'd been looking, but he did it with a very relatively small deposit and we took advantage of all the first-time buyer schemes that were available to him for lending. So he didn't have to pay lenders mortgage insurance because although he didn't have a deposit of 20%, the federal government is offering advantages for first-time buyers so that they can borrow up to 95% and then he was reserving any funds he had to do ultimately a reno. But he bought it as a first-time buyer. And while you have a small deposit and it is your first venture into the market, it's a great idea to get in and for the first 12 months you have to live in the property generally to take advantage of the no stamp duty and all those perks. But then he's converting it now into an investment property. So go you so Nick, yeah so he had a good good cheap way to get in but you've just got to do your time and he used that time very fruitfully by as a first-time buyer 
converting it ultimately now into a Renault after 12 months. So well done. But anyway, go, Nick, you tell them more. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. So I'm Nick, I'm 25 and I work in tech sales in Sydney. And last year was the first year that I had my property. So, yep, I did purchase it in Asheville. And and just like Louise said, I used some of the government schemes available to me. So it really helps to have your mum as a mortgage broker when you're initially looking for a home. But that's not to say if you were to go to Louise or any other mortgage broker that they wouldn't be able to help you the same way that I was supported as well. So... When I was first looking for a property in the market, I didn't really quite know exactly how much I needed or if my savings were enough or with or my earning potential um, and a lot of those questions that I could have spent quite a lot of hours researching online or speaking to banks. I think really I was fast-tracked with quite a lot of answers with a mortgage broker. So we're just talking at the first phase of this whole thing, which is purchasing a property. It was really useful to have that sort of guidance there and to make sure that you're getting a property that, that meets the, the, the lifestyle that you have as well in terms of expenses and, and making sure that the mortgage, especially with the latest interest rate rises that we've seen, is, isn't too overbearing for you at the moment. So, so let's start with the numbers. Cool. So firstly, what did you pay for the property? So the property value when I first purchased it was $567,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the deposit I put down was 5%. Okay. So that's about 30000 A bit under that, yeah, a little bit yeah. under that. Great. And that was taking advantage of one of those schemes for first-time buyers? Uh, two, actually. So the first scheme is related towards your stamp duty. So if you, I think it's different, differs by state, but if you're a first-time buyer and you're spending under a certain amount of money, you're exempt from stamp duty, which I think was $700,000 at the time. So I was exempt from that. And then the second was an initiative also funded, I think it was federally or state, where I was to deposit a 5% deposit and my LMI, I wouldn't have to pay LMI as a first home buyer as well. And this was offered by banks. So how this worked is some mortgage brokers like Louise get access to some um, have a lot of contacts at, at the banks, which they get placements for these sort of no LMI loans. So it's really good to know your broker and to to look for those sort of initiatives if you can get them as a first-time buyer. And that saved me quite a lot of money when purchasing this first property, which I would have easily spent twice the amount of money on a deposit with the stamp duty and with the LMI if I was to yeah. um, purchase without these schemes. Yeah. Louise, do you want to just expand on that? So LMI... Lenders mortgage insurance, is, it doesn't really insure you, does it? It insures the bank. No, and should you end up not being able to pay back your loan, the bank will have used your insurance to claim, but you will still have to be responsible for the full loan. So there's no protection for, it's a great scheme for the banks. Oh. But anyway. Oh. But it allows them to get in and on, and that's what's really important. But the federal government initiative to pay for first-home buyers' lenders' mortgage insurance, in fact, the government is providing that insurance, is a fantastic scheme for first-home buyers. Mm. And it's enormously mm. helpful for them. And they're yeah. doing, and it's getting you in when you wouldn't get a chance maybe to buy a property. And people say to me, oh, I can't find anything cheap enough. Well, Nick found in Sydney just 12 months ago, 567, 20 minutes 
out of the city, it's a pretty yeah. good deal. You know, there's yeah. always places if you keep looking. And Nick looked pretty hard and yeah. trying to find the right one. But the good news was after his enormous reno, what he's done now. So Yeah, we'll get on to that. Mm. What what would Lenders Mortgage Insurance have cost him had he had to pay it? It would have cost him ten to fifteen thousand extra. And no more than that, because he would not have been able to borrow as much. So yeah. he would not have been able to buy, basically. Brilliant. Awesome. And so the other thing I want to point out is there's real value in working with a mortgage broker. This is a plug, Louise. Thank you, um, But it's true. We can help you. I find know. Them. I know. It is yeah. true. Because if you go to a bank, half the people at the bank don't know what day it is. Like they're not really that okay with property. And, but the other thing is that a broker has access to a lot more products and so can direct you towards the bank that's going to provide you, give you the best option in terms of what you are looking to do. So I really believe, and I'm sure you agree with me, that anyone, but particularly a first-time buyer, working with a good broker is critical. Yes, and what I find is we can give you options that you might not get when you, if you go to one lender or you go online. It's extraordinary what people come back to and go, oh, I've been refused a loan here and refused a loan there and I can't understand why. It's because they were asking the wrong questions or presenting themselves in the wrong way. So yeah. certainly it's better to get advice. And like we were just looking at refinancing and Nick even goes online like he's a typical yeah. Gen Z go and <laughs> checks out and he goes, ah, but look at this. This is so much cheaper and this is that. And I said, yes, it is. Just now go try and do it yourself and see how you go. Yeah. And, and the reality is it would never have got there because yeah. what was important for us was a, a big valuation in the end. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Mm, so okay. through a lot so of work. <laughs> let's fast forward to that and then we'll go back and talk about what you actually did. So you've got the property renovated and you've now rented it out because it's outside the period of time that you need to live in it. So yep. what did the valuation came, come in on at? So in terms of, I'll, I'll talk about the, so there was the reno, the property, the rental price history was $425 per week before yep. I rented it out as well. And then yep. I recently rented out for $650 per week. And then the the revaluation was estimated or valued at $750,000. Awesome. And how much did you have to spend to do that? Because remembering you didn't have to pay stamp duty either as a first home buyer. So it's really no. just renovation costs. How much did you spend on the reno? In terms of labour and materials and everything, not including like mortgage repayments over that time was about $55,000. Okay. 55k. So you're in for 612,000, is it? Yeah. And it's valued at 750. So almost an extra 150 in equity. Yeah. Congratulations. That's like making money out of thin air. It's amazing. And yeah, I'm How did it feel about making money out of thin air, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't quite feel real. <laughs> So how did you fund the 55? So through existing savings and then also through loans from my parents as well. Mm, that's great. And, the and then is, for anything that I owed them, which is why we'll talk about it later, but with refinancing, you can cash out refinance. 
with now I have a higher valuation, so I can pay back a loan immediately to like the, for the money I borrowed. So it ends up being fine. Great. Well done. So I think the thing that a lot of parents think, like there's this thing about giving your kids a deposit and all that sort of stuff, but basically you've been you've been able to navigate Nick's journey to being a property owner and having $150,000 equity in it by lending him some money and capturing all the grants there are around to have. And I think he's, as... He's funding it. Let's be... Yeah, absolutely. Be it all himself. Yeah, and he's, he's, it's his joy and his responsibility, so he's done very well. Awesome. And I, I also want to make the point that there are a lot of baby boomers who have massive amounts of equity in their home that could be doing this with their kids where in the long run it costs them nothing because the yeah, money comes exactly. back to you, just lending them a bit of equity for a period of time. Yep. Uh, it just doesn't make sense not to do it. No, it's a great idea. And the sooner you're in and paying for your own home and the more he'll be able to then move on eventually to get another one. So it works Absolutely. really well. It's a fabulous idea. But he learned, tell him, Nick, he learned heaps doing this reno because it was a major reno. He did everything, stripped the place bare really and changed walls and did all sorts of things in a, in a small two-bedroom flat really. Yeah. So tell us what exactly what the scope was. Yep. So when I when I looked at the property, I just say before I jump into the what I did to change it when I was first looking at the property, I sort of had the idea of renovating it in mind. So so for example, when we we looked and we noticed there was a non-structural, non-load bearing wall in the apartment, and which was otherwise quite a, a cozy, like quite a stuffy apartment that we could take down the wall and really open up the space without having to put in any beams which would require an engineer or an engineer's report or anything more expensive. So we kind of scoped initially some of the works. And once we knew we had the, like the right property, like I, I saw it on Thursday, I put in the offer on Friday and it was accepted on Saturday and then done. So like it took me three months to get to that two day period where I put in an offer and it was accepted. So I was quite, you got to be quite quick when you're looking at these, these things. But once we got started, it was a, a kitchen renovation, a bathroom renovation, taking down a wall and putting in a, a linen closet, and then also putting in new appliances in the kitchen and the bathroom and the bedrooms as well. Awesome. And so did you do any work yourself? Yes, and definitely lots to learn from from that. I, I did the, the painting and I did some of the work in terms of installing door handles and doors and blinds and other things which didn't require a lot of I guess more skilled work you could kind of just do yourself okay and so how did you go getting trades yeah so I'd say that was the the hardest thing for me is finding the right person so I got it through a, a like a personal recommendation through a family friend and then through that that's how I got the builder a lot of the time it's I'd say them probably the most important thing that I've found with with this whole Renault process is finding the right builder a lot of the the work I did in order to get like quite high quality things at a, at a cheap price was great but the thing that I would never I would never cut costs on as a builder that's someone that's going to save you a lot of money down the line yeah yeah and so 
What would you say was the scariest thing about the Renault? I guess a lot of the unknowns, and it's definitely a big learning for me, is I didn't anticipate how much things would go wrong and sort of plans that I had would change. So, Do you want to give an example? Yeah, definitely. So I'll give you two examples, one of which was I'd purchased a, a bathroom vanity and it had been sitting in my property for about four weeks or five weeks or so before my, my builder opened it up and noticed that it actually had a crack through the vanity and I needed it fixed. And that resulted in a lot of back and forth and time delay with the people to get me a new vanity. And you've got to be really persistent with this stuff. But after contacting mm-hmm. them a few times, I managed to get the vanity, a new one sent to me for free. So it ended up working out all right. And then second to that, I was working with my builder through his contacts in order to organize the cupboards for the kitchen. And because I didn't follow up on the status of the kitchen cupboards and assume they'd been ordered, he ended up checking with them a couple of weeks later um, and they forgot to place the order. So that set me back two weeks, which when you're renovating and you're paying your mortgage at the same time really hurts. So two things that like I I definitely needed to be more proactive and then also things sometimes just out of your control. You don't expect things to happen or things to go wrong, but they do. So, yeah. Yeah. And so Louise, from your perspective, what did you find the most nerve wracking? Because I know that you kept very close tabs on how Nick was going. Yeah, no, I was more moral support. So Nick would ring me frustrated and worried about, oh, this or that, or what am I going to do? And I said, no, we're going to go back and fight the good fight. And this is normal. This is what happens. <laughs> it's sort of like you you hear about it. We had quite a bit of to, to and froing about the bathroom and how to, that it had already been retiled, hadn't it, Nick, over, really badly done. And Oh, it was the floorboards. Oh, the floorboards was certainly, but the retiling of the bathroom where you really had to strip out all the old stuff. Oh, yeah. And the debate of whether to keep the bath in the bathroom or rip it out because people go, oh, it'll be cheaper if you just leave it. And I said, yes, but you're always going to have a crappy bathroom with a bath that's in there that's too big and it's far better to just rip it out no matter what the builder says because they're always looking for an easy route out of work. But maybe we just persist and do it properly. And as it turned out, that was the right thing to do because the the fall was in the shower and it all worked beautifully. But, uh, yes, and we had an issue with the floorboards where they stained them and they didn't do a very good job. And I said, no, we're not going to accept it. And lucky he hadn't paid it. You're going to go back and we're going to demand they redo it. And he persisted. And and no one likes to have those conversations. You've got to actually hear from sometimes you need to speak to someone like you, Bernadette, a mentor who's done it before. That's why should people should be in this group because it's great, Wonder Women, by the way. But you need to be able to say, no, that's normal, go back and you should be able to get that fixed. Whereas if you don't know that, you might accept and end up paying $500,000 more just to get over something. Isn't that true, Nick? Oh, gosh. I was going to jump in and say I see stuff on Facebook and sometimes I think, my God, like they will have had you know, in the Facebook groups and they will have had a tiler in and they post a photo of the tiling and say, what do you think of this? Should I complain? They've already paid the guy way more than he's due and it's an absolute dog's breakfast. And I feel like saying, you just got to go back to basics. Like you got to learn how to 
don't pay them everything like up front. Yeah, so well done. And I don't think, well, you probably do know how quite, quite how lucky you are that your mum is so like has renovated herself and is so switched on around those things because you do sometimes need to have that moral support because when like tradies can try it on and be quiet. They did. Big, big, truly. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's that's really important to stand your ground. But power to Nick because he takes advice really well and he he learns and goes back and implements straight away. So he always tries. He goes, oh, I don't really want to, but I'll do it, and he does. Yeah. Good on you, Nick. Yeah. Yeah, definitely had some conversations I'd rather not have with (laughs) a lot of the suppliers and, and people I worked with. But at the end of the day, if you think, what you what you've done is right and you've there was one of the things that I, I snuck in the back of one of your conferences and I heard this this piece of advice of just to write everything down when you're when you're doing a renovation and oh my god is that true because people just change their minds or they forget things and or they they don't remember what they've said to you and seriously the amount of times that has saved me in order to to pull up evidence to suggest that no in fact this was the case has saved me like not even just time but like quite a lot of money as well on just disputing like the quality of work that needs to be done like it's seriously it's that's so important beautiful and so what do your friends think about what you've been doing I'd say they're they're sort of inspired to sort of jump into the market a lot of my friends don't have a property yet and I'd say one of the one of the things there scared to do is sort of put down a well they just don't know how much they can borrow and like where to even begin with having a property so there's a lot of unknowns when you're sort of when you're doing your research and seeing how much a a property costs and there are a lot of without those like understanding of like all the different schemes available to you by the government it can be quite daunting to begin with i'd say absolutely absolutely and I think I've run out of questions. Is there anything else I should have asked you that I haven't? I'd say if, if I was to talk about sort of the process of this, one of the things that I would give myself advice on if I was to do this for the first time again is to just be comfortable with a lot of the, the unknown that comes, to, comes when you renovate. Um, there's a lot of things that you might have in your mind to begin with, but don't go to plan. So try and plan everything out as best you can. But if, if something doesn't happen the way you intended it to be, you've got to quickly adapt and quickly move on and just keep moving quickly because I find that it's really easy to get stuck on a problem where you're, you might not be able to get the right items for your renovation or something you had in mind just won't would just fall through you've got to quickly change and adapt and, and move on to something next. Otherwise you'll take way too long with your renovation. And in, in some parts of my renovation, I found like I was uh, guilty of this, of something would go wrong and I would sit on it for too long until I actually made a decision. So that's what I would say would be a, a piece of advice to myself. Yeah. One thing I'd say, I was really proud of him with, I said to him at one point, he went to buy something and I He'd been at Bunnings. I said, now, did you use your power pass, which you'd helped us organise, Bernadette? And he said, no, I did better than that because he found a 
tell him about you. He was ruthless on finding the cheapest items and appliances online or and he found some supplier for the the tap. It was a Coroma kitchen tap. Yeah, um, we, we discussed this about putting in quality items but the cheapest price. Some people say, I'll oh, just put in cheap shit because it's, pardon me, <laughs> because it's a rental. But I would suggest that's not the best option because you're just going to run into trouble. And we love Coroma and their products. So he found the right, the tap, tap mixer that he wanted, but he didn't want to pay the price. So yeah. tell him I what think the, <laughs> Yeah, so I think the tap cost originally was at re- retail price, $240 or $250. And then I found the, the price of the tap elsewhere in an online site for $180. It was the only retailer that was selling it. So I knew that Bunnings um, would beat the price by 10% if they found a lower stocked item. So knowing that, I then took the the price that I found to Bunnings and showed it to them. And after 20 minutes or so of my time convincing them, they I bought it off them for $150 or $160. So I saved almost $100 just by literally getting out my phone and Googling the cheapest product and knowing where to go next. Another thing is I got anywhere between 6 to 10 to 12 quotes for everything I did. So, for example, I decided to opt for a stone top because it was higher quality. I was getting quoted, I think, about $1,600 for my laminate top. And so I started looking for my stone tops and I was getting quoted initially about $3,000 for a stone top to be supplied and installed. And eventually I got down to supply and install for my new stone top for $1,300. So I was paying cheaper than a laminate top because I got the right quotes and I found the right people and I saved money and I got higher quality items. And I'd say another one was I went on some websites that do, what is it, like a X display or slightly dinted items. And so I bought my sink which cost initially $1,000 for $150. I bought my oven, which cost, I think, $900 for $500. I got anywhere between 40 to 90% off a lot of products and appliances that I was putting in my apartment because one of them had a small dent on the back, which when it was installed on the oven, you wouldn't even see it. Um, So there were a lot of things where I saved thousands of dollars on really high-quality equipment just by knowing where to look and and looking for the best deal. Awesome. And that's really great advice. And I believe that in an investment property, you really need high quality because it gets a bit of a hammering. And what you don't want, because the biggest thing with investment properties is the maintenance costs and you don't want to be paying to have things repaired because you've put rubbish in. And congratulations. (laughs) You've You've done an awesome job. And you should be very proud of yourself. I'm sure you are because that's a great start to your property journey, uh, $150 under the belt. So can't wait till you're doing the next one. I'm, I'm excited and I've taken a lot of lessons from it. So I think the next time I do it, I'll come in a lot more confident knowing what needs to be done and, and hopefully to avoid some of the footsteps. But I'd just like to say on the last thing is, just having people around me to give me advice was probably the most important thing for me. Um, whether it was advice on picking the right items or having the right arguments with certain suppliers or mm-hmm. have, needing to have these conversations, it's like it, it really helps to have people in your court providing you with some info and support. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Mm. 
And so, Louise, if we've got some first-time buyers listening that are interested in looking at their first property and want to navigate the what's available to them, are you happy to hear from them? Love to help them because we we love helping all our first time. Oh, we love helping all clients basically, particularly yeah. renovators. But and we love our first time buyers because it's so important to get off on the right start and not pay too much. And that's where you go wrong. You know? yeah, so you do it right the first time. Yeah. And just one more thing to mention: in a couple of weeks' time, actually, it's only a bit over a week's time. We are running a renovating your investment property session. So. If that's something that's on your radar, you might want to book in for that because I'm sure that there'll be lots of tricks and hacks to help you to navigate that process. So Louise and Nick, thank you so much. Thank you, Bernadette. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Too. Beautiful. You're welcome. Take care. Thanks again. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.